It's officially winter in Chicagoland. I think by the twenty first. That's not just in Chicagoland. That's that, trust that's, me, dude. It's winter. It's zero degrees right now. It's cold. If you don't, if your frost. Facebook friends haven't told you, Ugh, dude. Yeah, no. Uh, Cheryl Scott said it was negative thirteen. I definitely believe weekend. what she has to say. I'm, yeah, and if she would told me it was eighty, I'd be like, yeah, I don't have to agree with everything you say. But no, it's dude. It's colder than like a snowman's balls out there. Um. So I bought I at the beginning of this winter I got like a huge industrial I came upon this great deal for a huge industrial snowblower. A buddy of mine uh, was in a situation where he was moving to a smaller habitat. Or they can say like he was down on his luck, like he was in like, a way so he was selling in, his in stuff. a way. So he was selling this stuff, and there was me to pick up the pieces. So I got a great deal on like a construction grade snowblower, which is way, t- you know how people like with small 900 square foot houses and they have a tractor lawnmower. Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. That same situation. Like I go out <laughs> yeah. there and literally need to be in like, like full gear to run this thing. And it dragged me up and down the driveway. But anyway, you were like safety gear. with great power comes great responsibility yeah so i'm out there right and it was like we had a pretty bad i don't know what was it like five, peter parker like, of snowmobiling not snowmobiling snow, snow blowing whatever the hell it is uh it was like five inches or whatever and then with the drift it was probably bigger than that but yeah. anyway before the plows could even get through i had the thing out it was crank i was excited to run it so i did my driveway and i saw like i have a neighbor across the street who's like really ill and a couple other people in the neighborhood and so i just said you know what i can't have these people shoveling out here so now I feel like I, now that I have this snowblower, I did like three times the work that I normally do because I feel guilty. Yeah. Like, because, you know, you see me driving down, not driving, but blowing down my driveway in this thing, cutting it up. And it's like, I can't just go right back inside. There's people out there breaking their back. Mm-hmm. So I felt some kind of obligation to uh, go out there. And I enjoyed every minute of it. Had my headphones in. What if they had their own snowblower and you're just like. Oh, I would blow like right. You, like you don't, you don't mow another man's lawn. <laughs> you know what? People part the way when they see this thing coming. There's like like women and children are clapping. <laughs> you know, yes. I had people waving flags down the street. So uh, I plan on. I'm hoping it snows a lot more. That kind of deal. Oh yeah, it was absolutely worth it. But now I have to do three. T- and my hands hurt so bad because the thing vibrates so violently. But I'm thinking about getting my dad to, to uh, paint it like flat black and like put some flames on it or something to really, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Make this thing like I'm gonna yeah, name yeah. it. Now, I mean, uh, you get it done a lot faster because it's so huge. Or is oh it, yeah, or is it? Oh yeah, I mean the, the 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 auger in the front. It's I'm talking about. It's like probably two side by side regular snow snow uh, snow blowers or snow throwers or whatever you want to call it. Bring that shit over. I got a shovel. I want to come up with a really cool name for it though. Like you know, sort of like a you know, like a fighter jet has the name of the pilot on it or whatever, and like stenciled on the side. You should have some sort of Empire Strikes Back theme through it. Like a Slave One sort yeah, of... Like, uh, like it could be the Tauntaun or I want, something. Nah, I want it to be... Well, because of snow, you... Yeah. Cause it I, I don't know. I, snow. I want this thing to just... Oh, dude. If, if it had like some cool eyes or something, like maybe drag, I don't know. But no, I like is, the flames idea. That's cute. But I would think that I would need to get a snowsuit that was... This, I'd probably have to get a snowsuit first and then do the color scheme off of my snowsuit. You're going to have to get a custom tailored snowsuit. I would. Don't just get some bullshit <laughs> one. Like, yeah. I want one that like a like an Adidas or feel it with the stripes. On the side. <laughs> yeah, like pinstripes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, hell yeah. And uh, this is also the season for um, Christmas lights and Christmas decorations. Do you do you do anything? You know what? At, uh, at my old house, I did this. This house, I do next to nothing. My wife put a couple of ornaments in our outside tree, 
And I have I, that's almost like a slap in the face. That, that's yes. that's almost worse. No, it's like oh, we're not going to do Christmas decorations, but look at this cute little palm tree. Thing. It's like they could be Jews, and they don't want anyone to know, so they're not going to fully commit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm going to dabble enough so that people don't stare at it too much. You consider weird. yourself an atheist? Yeah, but you still celebrate Christmas. Yeah, I celebrate. But you don't yeah. do any. You don't do any. There's no religion. I don't like to your go Christmas. out of my way to be like, oh, don't don't say Jesus or no. I don't care. It's I mean, it's I the, mean for, for your me, children's for, sake. Well, he's not young enough to get his head around it yet anyway. Well, I understand uh, that. What are you saying? But you don't have like a uh, Jesus in a box. No. uh Uh-uh. You know what what Jesus in a box is, right? If I had one, I could keep him there, but it would have to be a glorious box. My, uh, so we were driving around. We went out to eat uh, like two nights ago. We were driving around and we decided, hey, you know what? Let's go look at Christmas lights. And all four of us were in the car, me and my wife and my two kids. And we decided that we were going to vote on who had the best Christmas lights. We're going to drive through like three or four neighborhoods and just see who had the best stuff. And judge. So, yeah. Now, being that this is like a, a Jewish thing, how does your vote still hold as much water? I mean, it's just for us. We're all, all four of us are Jews in the car. So we, all right, all right, it's, yeah. it's basically just between us. But like if there was like, if you had a goyim in the back seat, would it be like, nope, one to four, but I still win. No. I mean, it, again, it's, it's <laughs> all, it's all real. No, I know it's all yeah. relative. But so anyway, we're driving around. And my wife, like right away, she likes all the stuff that's very simple, sleek, one color, you know, uh, not too much, straight up. She doesn't want it to be too noisy, right? Too loud. Yeah. It has to be because she's like a uh, obsessive compulsive where it has to be like if it's you know there's stuff here it has to be here if it's down there it's got to be counting there. red lines, right? Like, yeah, yeah. almost yeah. not not necessarily, but you know what I'm saying it has to be eat more of an even thing. Definitely red lights. Red so lights. I am more of the a person who likes to see um, a lot of stuff. But I don't like on the house itself, like Clark Griswold style. But I yeah, don't yeah. like lawn ornaments. So like when it, when it like when, the inflatable it, ones, yeah, anything that like comes out, throws up out onto the lawn. But it's like all it's inflatable like too much. now. Everything has a has a blower, which I mean they look cool, but I like the old crappy ones. Yeah, better. but I just feel like it's just it's it, you gotta. I look at it like this. I feel bad for the guy whose wife made him go out there and do all that crap. It's usually not that way. It's usually a dude that's like way all about it. I know that. So here, here's where crazy. I'm going. So as we're driving, of course, you know, Logan picks a house that I knew was in town. Um, this guy has, it's a huge house and he's, he, it's the house that other people come from other neighborhoods to go see. And I'll let you know where it's at later if you're into this. But, yeah. Um, it, not, I mean, he's got everything you'd ever, every Christmas ornament, and decoration in the grass on the house, and then in his garage, Does that had its a, own name. That his house, yeah. like Shenandoah, uh, no, or Bubble Hill. There's one in Hammond that they call it Petyville. It's three houses, like oh no, I I don't know, maybe yeah, he's I don't got think his so. own like radio station. Like you turn it to a certain radio oh, station. And, well, this guy he's yeah. got he's got a, a garage. It's like by level, so the garage is underneath, and the two garage. It's got two garage doors side by side, right? One garage door is completely off or up. And there's a plexiglass thing there, so the garage is actually part. And in there, on a large screen, he's playing The Grinch or any Christmas Christmas movies. Really? The floor is completely done in, like, cotton to look like snow. There's things going around, trains and all kind of things going around in this guy's garage. That's like, what do you call those art projects that you do? And you're like a diorama? Oh, yeah. Like a, like a, Absolutely. a large-scale diorama. So, of course, you know, right away, I wish you had a Ralph Logan sees drop. that one, and he goes, that's the one. That's, that's the house that wins. And I'm like, well, you know... That's easy. I knew that I would take you down that street and you would think that. He's proven himself to be a pretty good decision maker. Well, we start driving away and he goes, you know, I really like, you know, the guy really went out of his way, but he doesn't have a, he didn't have a Jesus in a box. And I'm like, what's Jesus in a box? (laughs) And he's like, yeah, I like the houses with Jesus in a box. And I go, 
what are you talking about? He goes on the, fr- and of course I know what he's talking about, but he, you I mean go, like nativity. Yeah. <laughs> and he goes, it's like a thing where there's a box and there's Jesus in it. And I go, well, how do you know it's Jesus? And he goes, come on, dad, what else would you put in a box? And I'm like, well, cookies, a present, a cereal. A I, you know, me and Julie both go down the list and we're just naming off things that could be in a box. And he's just like, nah, it's Jesus in a box. And I was like, you know, I, th- I started thinking never to myself. I've never heard that term. He's never seen Jesus in a tub. If there's places in this state further down south where I've seen Jesus in a half-buried bathtub, I've seen Jesus in what? just about, yeah, you never seen somebody take, a, you know, those old bathtubs with the feet on them, the old school, yeah, yeah. and they, they bury half of it. They kind of always walk in cartoons. Yes, they bury half of it, and the other, so half of it's sticking out of the ground, perpendicular to the ground. For what? And there's Jesus in there, like a statue of Jesus. What the fuck's he doing in the bath? I don't know. It's a box. There's no, is there, I don't know. Wait, is I there, thought you were referring to like, like the manger scene. Th- but I'm just saying I've seen Jesus in many boxes and I was wondering because <laughs> really? it's don't, isn't that kind of a, a sacrilegious thing to put Jesus Are in a, talking in about a, baby Jesus still. I don't know. Is there, is there a different rule for baby Jesus? <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to, are you picture? I mean, am I, am I I'm talking a full grown? No. The full-grown Jesus is in the bathtub. Like the J-Man with yes. the beard and everything? The baby Jesus is always in either like a... I've seen ones in cardboard box at nativity scenes. I've seen one, you know, so... But a makeshift manger. Right. And I... Do you ever notice the manger is literally just at the top of these people's head? Like, is there somewhere where you go to get an idea? I'm... I have no idea. So that's why I'm asking you. Is there you, somewhere you go to get what now? Like, uh, like the plans to build a manger or to, or to build it to spec to... I'm pretty sure it's just what they... Whatever uh, box you had put hay in for donkeys to eat, they just used it. You know what I mean? No, I'm saying now. Like though, a ma- you, yeah, it was a when, makeshift. When so you, you could recre- makeshift your own manger however you wanted. Lighting, whatever you want to do, is is completely cool. Every, I, I want to hear more about the Jesus in the tub. You've never seen a Jesus in a tub. I don't I like getting baptized. No, it's standing up. It's like you know, like a statue of Jesus. <laughs> you ever seen a statue of Jesus? I went to church for years. You know, like those. No you know, clue. you know what a lawn jockey is. Yes. The, the black guy holding the lantern, the little... Mine's uh, Cuban, but yeah. Uh, imagine that, but Jesus, and not holding a lamp, but inside of a bathtub. Inside you got that? Yeah, yeah, I'm trying to... Yeah. Like, if you took a bathtub, and you yeah. buried it perpendicular to the ground... Is he cool? Is he using bar of soap, or is he being assisted It's just it? sitting in there. I don't soap. know what it... I don't know who came up with that, but I've seen it a ton of times. Do you have I've one seen... of those, um, like, a rag on a stick type thing? No, it's just Jesus. Uh, you could probably do that, heart, like the Groucho That's what Mark, I would do. The Groucho glasses. What, no, yeah, I would have full... I would have a shower cap. So like, apparently, Logan thinks that if you have the Jesus in the box... That's the one thing that would put this guy over the edge. How is he super familiar with Jesus in a box? And I'm, I don't even know how he knows who Jesus is. I got to find a Jesus in a box. Like, now. Like, when I leave, I'm going to look for one. I think we're going to replace the elf on a shelf, which is beyond ridiculous, with the <laughs> oh, Jesus in a box. What's, what's up with that? That's like sweeping the internet. Is that a... I, I mean, that's not new. It's like the last couple of years. Yeah. I know my kid had it in school. a couple, And they have one. It's called uh, Mensch on a Bench. It's a rabbi. But the, the the cheapest one I saw was like two hundred and fifty bucks because they're like they sold out immediately. Every the ra- Jew the in the world had to, way more? Yeah, I guess. Every uh, Jew in the world had to and they're bigger, they're like breaking uh, down stereotypes <laughs> day by day. <laughs> it is That's it's so it's made it's nicer, it, it's more you can durable. Buy the elf for four bucks, the right. rabbi's gonna be I think the, I think even the elf is like thirty five bucks. Really? Yeah, it's not cheap. I mean it's thing, no like, hundred and thirty bucks, but two hundred and thirty bucks, but That's so funny, buddy. And you so, just pose it and it does and you like make right funny things and basically what it is for is for other adults to do it 
to show other adults on Facebook all the nifty stuff that they did with their elf on a shelf. I th- I've only, I thought my cousin was just being clever and putting an elf at places. I didn't realize it was like a, a, a meme. Nope. Rip off. I didn't know it was like a meme that's going on. <laughs> no, I'm so ignorant to that stuff that goes on. So, But he's in a tub. He's in a tub. He's in a tub. Yes. He's, but he's standing. Yeah. So the tub is upended. Yes. Perpendicular. And it has feet or it's like that. No, it's it's got it doesn't matter because the feet are behind it. You don't that is not even important to the story. Okay, you could literally. I'm gonna I'm gonna uh, look. If anybody has a family member with a Jesus in a tub, we need to we need to get that out there. We need to get a picture it, of it. Now, is it a Catholic thing? More? I don't know. I'm not Catholic. Maybe that's, that's why I'm so. I doubt I wasn't it. I would, either. That's I, why I'm so. I'm not gonna. I don't know. I'm not even gonna speculate on what religion that. I'm assuming it's a religion that believes in Jesus. So. I'm a Jesus in a box. That's perfect, man. <laughs> uh, Don't put Jesus in the tub. Speaking of Jesus, uh, Jesus. it must have helped somebody win that six. I think it was a one winner of that $648 million lottery. They yeah. Last I heard, they said that there's at least one for sure. What? How much money would it take you to walk away from your job right now if you won? How much was the bottom uh, number? How much was the lotto winning? Six forty-eight. I know that would. Uh, like six forty-seven. No. If, you took, if, if, if I you gave know. you fifty grand right now, to win the lottery, would you quit your job for fifty grand? Yeah. No. Hundred no. grand. Absolutely no. Uh-uh. No. If I won a million, maybe. Still maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, because after you pay taxes and you right. Give, yeah. Well, it's still going to be after what? I make sure my mom's cool for good. And you know, oh, so else you take care cool. of your mom first before you. And yeah. Your family. Yeah. yeah. Well, how's your wife feel about that? Uh, <laughs> Take care, you know what I'm. Take care of to where I don't want anyone to go and you know. What do you do? What do you do? You win. You win six hundred and forty-eight million dollars. Oh my god! What are you doing with that? Just give me like the top five things you're gonna do. You know what I would probably do is, um. Well, first of all, I don't even know if I'd own a home. I don't even know if I'd. What's the point for what? I don't know. I I'll live wherever I want. You know what I mean? I'll stay at the best places wherever I want. That's first and foremost. Second of all, uh. I think everybody that I knew that was good at something and that was like had a like really solid interest or hobby, I would back them like I was their Simon Cowell. Oh, like yeah, you mean? specified. <laughs> yeah, like like uh, every band that I knew that was like serious or really good that was trying to, I'd pump money into them like you do your thing. People that wanted to get into whatever without, without any, would you make them a deal? Like saying, hey, once you make your first, if I give you 600 make an grand. Unbelievable one sided deal. Yeah, I would just be like, whatever. Just pay me back. I won, no, I, don't, I won the lotto. This is what I'm doing with my money. So I'm, you're just giving it? Yeah. Yeah, what? Yeah, why would, I mean, I don't need the money back. Well, you're, you're definitely going to need to keep your job. <laughs> Sounds Gosh. like you're just going to give everything you want away. We're talking about 600 plus million. Right. Yeah, $648 million. I don't think I'll be worried about keeping my lifetime. I'm cool. I'm good. You get cable. Yeah, but I wouldn't splurge. I wouldn't get. I wouldn't <laughs> Look, I'm get, still like, gonna stay with my twenty, and... my 19 inch black and white television. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't need six HBOs. But I, I would probably have one. I would probably splurge. Yeah, for sure. I don't think you can even do that anymore. I you have to get the whole package. Um, I would get Ultra HD, and then I'd watch it for like a week, and I go, "This is too weird. It's freaking me out. Give me a regular one." I think what I, I've thought about this a lot, and here's the weird part. I've never played the lottery once in my life until no, no. this lottery. Especially not like a, a big one. Like this that. is the first time off. I've played the lottery ever. I mean, someone may have bought me a scratch off, yeah. but this is the first time I've ever. And I used to work at a gas station where I sold lottery like tickets. Any form? Never. Scratch? Oh, I've not, scratch I, off. I, and yes, someone's probably given me a scratch off. I'm saying I've never yeah. played 
the mega millions or, or actually like where the machine generates numbers or you can pick no none of that just to put a bowl on it though i think with my i think i would just take care of everybody else with my money i would have enough to where i could just chill out and i could eat great and whatever but yeah I think where I does that just... where does that end though you know what i'm saying like at what point do you because everyone's coming at, with their hand out ends at like aunts and cousins that are relative you know what I mean? you still family or you're you're yeah, like oh yeah. you're saying yeah it ends that you're taking care of your family yeah, I'm taking care of well, first cousins my only. family, my my me, my brothers, sisters, right. uh, your wife's then, family. Yeah, yeah. And then no second second cousins. I want only. everybody to keep working, but I want them to right. like what they do. Well, so before I get into, into what I'm going to do with my money, I uh, I didn't. My wife like texted me and she goes, "Hey, I need you to go to the go to the store before work or the gas station and buy some lottery ticket, buy a lottery one lottery ticket." And I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. That's how ridiculous I am. I have no clue. So I walk in there. I'd be like, how many numbers do I get to pick? And I'm standing in line and I go, there's like a couple people in front of me. And this guy asked me, he says, oh, you're going to buy a lottery ticket? Because I had like my money like ready out. So he's like, he figured I was buying a lottery ticket, I guess. Maybe I had to look at yeah, desperation. Like crumpled up in yeah, one hand yeah. holding it up. So he goes, you're going to buy a lottery ticket? You're like, like a kid going to buy ice cream. Like, <laughs> Absolutely. Like sticking out of your hand. I just dump change all over. He goes... <laughs> uh, he goes, yeah, the you know the jackpot's up to like over six hundred million, and I'm like, oh yeah, and he's like, yeah. I go, dude, honestly, I just laugh and I go, it's gonna sound funny. I've never bought a lottery ticket in my life. I go, I'm I'm pretty unlucky, so I figure it's a waste of money. And he's like, well, I go, what do you do? He goes, we just go up there and you know you tell them what you want, and they it's pretty much that easy. And I go, you know what? Thanks for not making me look like an idiot. I bought twenty dollars worth of lottery tickets, and I said, I will give you if I win, giving you one million dollars. This guy was a stranger. Yeah. I'll never see him again. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he would come out. I'm sure I would see him again because he'd be like, uh-uh. You better believe he'd find you. <laughs> Rewind that tape. He'd find you, yeah. So um, I bought $20 worth because I figured if I'm going to, why buy uh, one ticket? Was, even though you had like 642, you'd be like a million bucks for that. You really just pointed me the right direction. Yeah, well, I, w- I would just, I would have him killed. So yeah, it wouldn't, yeah, it wouldn't yeah. make a difference. For 50 grand. I would tell one of my buddies, here's a deal. I'm going to give you 100 grand, but you got you to gotta take this yeah, guy yeah. out. Yeah, real hush hush. Uh, and just wait, because he'll present himself. You don't have to do any legwork. As soon as it hits the news, you will see him, and then He's just gonna come look take care of business. And his brakes will stop right. working. So um, what I decided that I would do is I, w- I would literally, I would get the best attorney that money could buy, the most trusted attorney money could buy. Mm. And I would literally draw up a contract for every single person I ever gave money to. And the contract would say, A, you cannot tell anybody else. I'm gonna, and I would never give anybody a chunk of money. I would say, here's, I'm going to give you this for the rest of your life. This is the sum you're going to get, but this is how much you're going to get weekly, monthly, you or however. Span it out. But here's well, the deal: Would you take a big chunk when you won, or would you want? Oh yeah, no, I, I would, I would, I would take the. Uh, oh, but then you just have to give the government so much of it. What the chunk? Yeah. No, no, no. I would take the weekly or monthly allowance. Oh, you wouldn't take the lump sum. No, but what I would tell these people is this: you cannot. One of the things is you can't tell anybody else what I've given you, and if you do, then then we're done. Then I'm stopping. Then we're no longer. I'm not giving you another dime. Because that right there is, you know, some people I'd give a little more money than others. Oh, your friends would be paranoid? Oh, yeah. They'd all be paranoid and at each other's throats. Well, here's the thing. my You want to go out to eat? Why? Why? You think I got money? My, Why? You think all of a sudden I just walk around with tons of money? My um, my scope of friendship would, would close. My window of, of friends would be, because of me, I would determine, like, oh, listen, yeah. you would have, I, I would probably have a rating system like a fantasy football board determining who really was a friend and who wasn't a friend. <laughs> And then, you know, I would have some mad money just to make people that I, that, that were in that second category, do some ridiculous shit, embarrassing, humiliating stuff to get their money. 
<laughs> but they yeah. they'd still have it coming to them, you know, but they yeah. would be forever um, indebted to me. But, you know, I would take care of my mom and my dad. And, They'd have and, to uh, reenact Sharkeisha for money. <laughs> no, they just said you'd have to take a punch from Sharkeisha. <laughs> Sharkeisha! It's like, oh, look, I could pay your car off, but you know like you know what it's going to cost. The guy's going, come on, dude. No. Dude, I would have, that's a perfect idea. I would get a guy like Debo, and I would get Debo. I would just hang around with this dude. And every, if you came up to me, it would be like the king, you know? Like, so like, I got eight grand left on my car. Like Joffrey. And I'm saying, I'm saying, Dave. Listen, uh, on Mondays, Wednesdays, and Fridays, you can come and ask me, okay? So I come up and I say, look, this is... On one knee. I don't like uh, Get on your knees. All right. <laughs> this, every time you do this one knee thing. So it's not because I want. It's just because I like the formality. All right. Well, look, I don't like doing this. It's not my thing. I'm not... I don't like to come here with my hand out. It's just that... Just eight grand You have come here boy, like five times boy, in the last six months, but... Well... I know it's not your thing. Thank God it was six. He doesn't remember. But so, you know, it's eight grand left on my car. And boy, it would really help out. You know, I could really, then I could really pursue my dreams if I didn't have that uh, 179 a month looming over my head, you know? So, so if it, if, if it makes you uncomfortable, don't even bother with the eight grand. I know you only have 600 million. So don't even, you know. Debo. <laughs> and then I would have Debo come out and he would walk right up to you. And then he would say, you know, head or gut. <laughs> it would and be like you, last boy scout yes and you, you would you would have to determine head or gut and then whichever one you decided he would hit you in the opposite one <laughs> just for good measure and then i would give you six of the eight grand and then i would determine on how you took the punch what what the percentage <laughs> so of that humiliating. Value I mean, all right i might even say this you know what ben I appreciate what you're asking. It's an 87 Chevy Cavalier. I just want it, I just want it out ref- of my I've refinanced this thing five, six times. By now, I've paid $67,000 on this car. I would say this. Here's the thing. It's got 170,000 miles I can. It. I can do... It's like Shark Tank. I would almost have the Shark Tank. Mark Cuban, I would have the guys there. And I'd say, listen, here's the thing. I can, I can give you six grand and you can have a hundred percent ownership of that car, but you get a punch by Debo in the throat. Or <laughs> for 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 all the marbles for eight, that's for eighty percent for a hundred percent he's got to punch your mom. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean she could take a punch, but that's the thing she does. He ha- he gets to be he has to be blindfolded. He'll be blindfolded. He just takes one swing, and then she, you you put her in a general area, and he just gets one one full swing. He could run. He could do whatever. She stands on an X. But he's fully blindfolded, and you could check to make sure. Well, I need that car paid off. You know what I mean? So it's, let's make it happen. Let's make it happen. See, I mean, let's make a deal. How enjoyable would your life be? <laughs> oh, gosh, yeah, you could. I, yeah, I, you'd be pulling a lot more strings. You're I thinking mean, outside the box just, more than it. maybe. I, I need to be a little more. Yeah, I just think. I mean, you could even get celebrity. Like, I could be like, you're going to take a, a chest kick by Wesley Snipes, or that would be beautiful. You're going to tongue kiss Magic Johnson. Mm, yeah, I will. I always been or on, you can eat. Well, Wesley Snipes said always been on black, but I'm having trouble with this one. Or you're both black. Yeah, so where do you go with this? That's the real pickle. Or you can take what's in the box. What's in the box? You want the box? What's in the box? Do you want the Ow! box? What's in the box? Also, I have to say it like five times anytime I ask. This. Yeah, I want the box for sure. That is going to be a um, a urinal cake from a truck stop. <laughs> you got to eat the whole thing, <laughs> chew it up, swallow it, and then let us see in your mouth. This now you're now you're committed to that comedy. because if you don't do that, you owe me eight thousand uh, dollars. You know, I, I may just I may just work some overtime and try to knock that car out. <laughs> and then there'll be on the there'll be a table on the side that's just a, that's a, the you just get with a gun. You just go over there and shoot <laughs> yourself. 
All of a sudden, it's turning into deer hunter. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to hire a guy that says, Mow! Let me ask you this, though. Who would be cooler? Now, if you were my friend, you'd get to be in on the act. You'd get to sit on my round I do table. like the idea of getting people that don't say no to stuff like Wesley Snipes, Nick Cage, and having well, them incorporated. I like that. Dude, Sam Jackson. There's a, there's a ton of people who have never turned a job down in their well, life. Woody Harrelson and John Goodman, yeah. we love those guys, but they haven't said no to a movie in like five That's years. True. That's true. So we'll I think they, they only get offered good movies, but, but they are in every single movie. So I would love it if Woody Harrelson and John Goodman hung out. I agree. I agree. That's what I'm, oh, that's what I'm doing with my money then, too. Or like, what, what if we did one where it was like, you have to determine, I would say, two people. And you would I would just say, okay, you could have the $8,000 for the car, but you have to tell me. Now, here's the thing. You put your, I'll give you the eight grand if you win. But if you lose, you've got to do one of those other things I said. And, and then I throw something else like out there like, who's taller, Vin Diesel or Tom Cruise? And you have to know the answer or then do one of those. You know what I'm saying? Like, you just mix it up. And you'd have Tom Cruise, and I'd pay them to come in I would and stand back be, to back. I would hope it would be a layup for me like that. That would be a good one. <laughs> Who's taller? Who's taller? Tom Cruise isn't taller than anybody. Vin Diesel? Tom Cruise is not taller than Muggsy Bogues. Actually, I was, I was watching uh, Fast 6, and there, uh, yeah, and there's a scene, Fast 5. There's a scene where Vin Diesel, they're in Brazil, and Vin Diesel goes face-to-face with The Rock, and they're literally eye-to-eye. I'm like, what the fuck? Wait a minute! Yeah, is he short, Vin Diesel? Oh yeah, he's, he's, he's like as tall as me. Right? Yeah, he is. No way. Yeah, really? he's like five eight, guaranteed. Really? Yeah. Well, Tom Cruise. Hey, that's is not that now. short. My mom says that's average. <laughs> my mom. Says I don't like I'm the tall? way you. I don't like the face you just made it there. Like really? Said, my mom says I I look taller than I am. And Steve's mom said she he looks like Justin Timberlake. I walk so. tall. You know that's right. the thing. Uh, as a rock joke. Speaking of a lot of money, I. I've been telling my kid, this is, my wife gets so mad. Let me take you back. The other day we're driving to my mom's house uh, for Sunday breakfast. And on the way to my mom's house, I decided I was listening to Pandora Bill Cosby. So it's me and just my son and my daughter. Why wouldn't you? And as we're driving, I'm like half listening to it. And I'm, I don't know what else. I was not paying attention. And I hear my kid keep on saying, oh, yeah, we're going to have, uh, he's saying chocolate chocolate cake for breakfast, chocolate cake for breakfast. Oh, yeah. And the yeah. baby's going, that bit. the baby's going, ooh, chocolate cake. And I go, I turn around, I go, Logan, stop saying chocolate cake for breakfast. Your grandma's <laughs> not going to give you chocolate cake for breakfast. Well, what I wasn't paying attention was the bit is called chocolate yeah. cake for breakfast. Oh, I thought he was doing that bit because he liked he, it. He, he was. Yeah, okay. He heard and immediately realized this is how sick my wife thinks because I was so proud of it. My wife's like, dude, Bill Cosby hasn't been cool since before you were a kid. Why does your kid know the name of his bit is chocolate cake for breakfast? He's eight years old. Why does he know this? Yeah. And he knows the bit. Really? Well, yeah. That's a great bit. So I'm like. Well, I'm, that's like one of the clean comedy acts yeah. that you can get down with. And absolutely. And so I'm trying to introduce. So yeah. I had told him for his birthday I wanted to take him to see Bill Cosby, who was going to be in Naperville. At, oh, the, right at the, oh, he's going to be in Naperville for two days. And he's going to be a much different Bill Cosby now. Isn't it? I mean, it's, <laughs> it's just political activist Bill Cosby. He just, he just walks up there and sighs heavily. <laughs> it's, it's the same as seeing my mom in concert just about. It's just, well, <sighs> oh, Ben. <sighs> chocolate cake. Yeah. So he, uh, there's one, so the show I'm in Naperville. Get a chocolate cake one day. It was, it was $75 to get a tick for one person. But the tickets sold out immediately. Now, the tickets are $260 a person. 
And there's you can only get one ticket here, one ticket there. You can't even buy two tickets next you know, to one. No, they wouldn't another. have made that stupid bucket list movie. That wouldn't have <laughs> sold out in months. Well, he so the la- he's got a show in Fort Wayne, which is like three hours away. So I'm not I'm not I'm not gonna have it. But my kid was so upset when I told him like, yeah, I, I dropped the ball. I I didn't pull the trigger quick enough on the Bill Cosby thing, and as a result, we won't be going. Um, but he's probably expecting like a, a little more of a vibrant. I don't know. It's a college crowd. Uh, jubilant. But yeah, but it's a Bill Cosby on stage. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think it would I be love amazing. Bill Cosby, but he's. I don't know. When's the last time you saw Bill Cosby perform live? It's going to be like when that dude gets out of jail in Shawshank and he kind of <laughs> goes to his room and walks around. Andy. What's his name? Now the boy. No, uh, so anyway. Now I know what you're thinking, Sonny. We didn't. Uh, he was he was pretty ticked off about the whole thing. And I broke it to him after, after chocolate cake for breakfast. So on the way home. Uh, I also, one of the other Pandoras I listen to, and I love Pandora. But it is funny, though. He's trying to do the bit. <laughs> interrupt. He's trying to do the bit, and then your daughter's like, oh, it's great. Yeah, yeah chocolate cake. Sweet. Hell yeah. The way home, I listen to uh, Pandora 1950s. I'm, like, obsessed Sweet. with 50s music. It's the really? best, best rock and roll there is. Best music. I love it. I, I love it, too. That's what I grew up on. My dad was, like, in his shop. We always listened to, like, I'm not, like, well-versed music. in it, but I, I always enjoy the shit. There's not any hair. song in the 50s that would, a 50s hit. That would be on the radio that you would not know and would not love. I, I, there's probably one or two that aren't your favorite, but I guarantee you could sing every one of them if you yeah, heard it. That's you know, awesome. for the minute it starts. So Mr. Sandman comes on. Oh yeah. And my kid, he Logan starts singing it, and I turn the radio down, and I go, "How?" Do, and he's singing like all the words, not just the Mr. Sandman. He's I'm like, "How do you know party. this?" And he goes, "Oh, this is uh, this is from Uncle Buck." And it's from the scene where the two now, kids. You know what my follow-up question is, right? Well, so the two kids, <laughs> I go, which part? I remember it was from Uncle Buck, but I'm like, which part was it? He goes, when the two kids are scared to sleep alone and they try to sleep in the bed with Uncle Buck. And I, I just, I was beaming with such pride. <sighs> like, not only does my kid know Mr. Sandman, but he knows it was from Uncle Buck. Yeah. And he knows exactly what scene it was in Uncle Buck. It's now, I would have taken Back to the Future. But I believe Uncle Buck is a little bit more of a of a uh, a deep a deep cut. Yeah, when you're, when you're yeah. you know what I mean. It's 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 not as easy as Back to the Future. Uncle Buck is the B side to Planes, Trains, and Automobiles. Dude, love Uncle Buck. Yeah, absolutely love Uncle Buck. And I love that my kid. Like swear to God, I know like he likes all little boys. The TV they, fruit they like did not you, fall far yeah. from the tree, sir. You calling me a TV fruit? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I gear, like I'll come downstairs and he will have chosen Uncle Buck. Like I won't even I'll be upstairs like washing the dishes or changing the, wow. you know doing something and I'll come downstairs and he's watching Pee-wee, you know, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. All this all the shit that I still will watch to this day. He's like wrap it up. I want to watch River's Edge. Yeah. I I swear to God, this kid will be watching the Warriors if I if he could if he could get the code on the TV to work. <laughs> um so that was yeah, just that, a that is he he's eight? He'll be nine next month. Dude, he's eight and he's pulling Uncle Buck references. That's amazing. But to my wife, she's like, you're going to make this kid the biggest nerd ever. Nobody thinks Bill Cosby's cool. Nobody thinks... And I'm like, you aren't cool. All right? You're You're, not cool. (laughs) First of all, you ain't cool. And my kid walks around all day going, hey, hey, hey. (laughs) Well, he may run into issues And he's not just talking about the cartoon. I mean, he knows where that cartoon generated from and why. Yeah. The fact that he knows (laughs) the stand-up bits... But yeah, you remember you ever heard the, you ever heard the they, bit Buck Buck, where Bill know. where Bill Cosby and his friends are playing the game where they they line up and hold each other's waist and they jump on their backs no. and they stack up and then they no. call Fat Albert down the street. I've heard Bill Cosby himself like a hundred times. That's it. It's on. It should be on himself. No, really? Yeah, I think so. That's I'm the chocolate sure. cake one, right? Yeah. Oh, he even oh, call my kid that. also told me it was like track number two on uh, <laughs> Bill Cosby himself. 
That was really? The That's the part that I, that was even more of a, you know, just cinched it for me. God bless them. Nerds aren't what they used to be, though. It's not like, oh, you're going to grow up and be a dork now with, you know, we're in the internet well, age, dude, here's man, the, thing. the age of like. There's a difference between being like a, a TV nerd. Like, a, I, I wouldn't even consider myself a fanboy because I'm not specific to one thing. I'm just an all-around guy with information that nobody cares about and will do me no good except if I yeah. was on a, a game show. I know tons of shit that doesn't make me money. Yeah, right. Which is, you know, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah. that's that's my cross to bear Jesus in a box. That's awesome. Um, I can't believe, man, I can't believe that. Uh... A couple other things that I'm going to say are quick and probably won't be. But my wife told me the other day during the snowstorm. It's all good, man. Bef- I'm here. Before we move off the snowstorm thing. Uh, she goes, yeah, I got to go to work. She works 12 hours. So she's like, uh, and she's a nurse. So she goes, yeah, the, you know, the hospital called and they told me that, you know, there's going to be a huge snowstorm to, so make sure I bring a clean pair of underwear. And like, you know, as like a tongue in cheek kind of joke. And I'm like, why, why do people, so s-? she's quoting Bill Cosby now. <laughs> You're so, going to want to have <laughs> clean underwear. So she basically you say it and you do it. <laughs> So she says, uh, I go, why, why would you need clean? What are you doing with your underwear that in, in a 24 hour turnaround, you're going to need clean underwear. I pretty much have gone, you know, yeah, I'm three, some, four, five weeks at a time without changing I'm making my some underwear. of my own nurse stories right now. <laughs> well, I don't I mean, that's crazy. I'm just saying it's a little like a little weird. People say that all the time. Like, oh, you know, you want to make sure you get a change of underwear because you yeah. might be staying overnight. It's like. Yeah, I understand in theory. No, I'm good. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how long? How many, 12 hours how many nights are we <laughs> What are you doing? No, I don't think I will be, no. Uh, so that's a little questionable. I may need to get her to. But they, they were like, it's going to be a long day bringing extra underwear. Yeah, but that's like the kind of the, the, the joke thing that they throw in there. Like, hey, this is how we're going to prove to you that it's going to be a hard one. You're going to, you're, it's going to be so hard. Your underwear, you're going to get so, your butt's going to be so sweaty. You will require a change of under fresh underwear. No, but with no shower. So you're just going to put your underwear on your dirty butt or how does that work? That wouldn't work at all for me. No, you just flip it inside out. That's another 12 hours. I'd have to get up and walk away from me to go. That's <laughs> Couldn't you just not, if you messed your underwear up, if they were not, I mean, if, not if you shit your pants, but mm-hmm. just take them off and be, you know, go another 12 hours without any, you flip them over. That's 12. And then the next 12, you can just go without. So we're up to 36 before we right. need a second pair. <laughs> That's right. Done and done. You might actually take the underwear you had on and form them into some sort of a pillow in case you need to take a break. I don't even go by whether they're dirty. I go by by fit. If I'm if if they're completely just like uh, the a elastic loose, is a loose away. flag in the wind, you know, and if it's just, yeah. You need, them, com- you need them in the dryer so they tighten up again for you. You know what I do? I have to turn around and look at my ass. I have to turn around and look and I go, and if it's. If it looks like, you know, like when your kid drops a deuce in his diaper and it's just hanging right. extra. If, if I look like it's just something, if it's hanging extra, then I go. When are you doing that at work? Like you go into the bathroom, drop your work pants, and you're yeah. looking behind you and like, yeah, his underwear need a change. I just pull over an alley somewhere and check. <laughs> you Can you just take your hand and grab the back of it and just kind of give it a tug to see where the elasticity is? Yeah. When I buy a... it, I mean your underwear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. What, 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 what did you think? Yeah, of course. Um, on to bigger and better but things. Yeah, no, I do an ass fit check. Earlier in December. If, if it still fits, they're fine. And we could we didn't get a chance to talk about this the last podcast. And I don't even maybe we we didn't even do one since then, but I took my wife out for her birthday for a nice steak. The restaurant will go nameless for the purposes I will tell you. And while we're there, I had a question for you. So we're there. This is kind of one of those like twenty twenty dateline things. What do you do? We end up going this place because a buddy of mine that used to be in a band with me 
uh, was playing there, and he's he plays acoustic guitar and sings. He's like does like background dinner music or whatever. So you're at the Applebee's. Yes, and uh, so we go there and we're like, hey, you know what? It's her birthday. We're gonna go to a nice restaurant, and we also have the luxury of seeing this guy. My uh, friend, his name is Derek Stroh. Nice. And so uh, we go there. We're bullshitting with him a little bit, hanging out in the bar, and then they seat us in a table in the bar so we can actually watch and listen or whatever while we eat. Takes an hour. To get our food from the minute we sat down to food on the table, an hour. Now, I understand the place was busy because of Christmas, you know, people having Christmas parties or whatever. But the table behind us had 30 people at it. Okay. The waitress comes over. She drops two trays on, you know, those horses or whatever, the whole trays. Literally coughs (laughs) on one tray, turns her head (laughs) on the second tray. Like, not on purpose. I don't think, but. Did not cover her mouth. Didn't do the vampire move. Not one person at that table noticed. And I'm sitting there watching. I'm thinking, and it was a it was a, a, a liquidy cough. It wasn't like a uh, a dry like, hey, I need a cup of water. This was like, like stuff. Sound like a fish tank. Things were emitted uh, from this. And these, so I'm watching these people smile and have conversations while they're eating their salads. And I'm thinking, mm. what? So then she ended up bringing their food. Our bill ended up being, I think, just for two of us, was like 150 bucks. Whoa. Um, it's 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 expensive. I didn't know TGI Fridays was <laughs> so that expensive. That's for two people. So imagine times thirty. You know what's that? Wow. Whatever their bill is, but if you somebody brings you a market price surf and turf plate waitress and and coughs on it while she's handing it to you and excuses herself or does the with her hand across her nose or any wow. of that kind of stuff, what do you do? You know, I I don't I'm not a very like I don't have it into me to be super rude, but I. I would probably just go like I would probably try to take. I would go look. I don't think you did it on purpose, but there's just no. There's no you would way. say it right then and there, like yeah. while she was handing you the plate, like nah, I'm not like to me or to other people. Because if it was other people, I'd do what you did, and I'd just watch me eat it. No, no, to you. Yeah, no, I'd say look. I don't think you meant to do that, but uh, there's just there's you know take that back. But you know what if she's like, well, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to pay. This is you know a seventy eighty dollar piece of meat here, right? Which is why I'm not going to eat it if you. He's on it, so no. But it I'm, it didn't it didn't get it. I missed. I you know was. I'm sure it's fine. Yeah, it's just that I don't want to be grossed out for eighty bucks. So. Here's what I do though. I I'm gonna need you. As a matter of fact, <laughs> don't really trust you. Just go ahead and give us a bill for these two sparkling waters, and we're gonna hit the road. Would you re- you think you'd leave after waiting an hour? Yeah, I. If I saw her like just go right in it, yeah. I mean, do now you- I'm not a germ guy. I probably wouldn't even care if it was a normal restaurant. But if I'm like. Look, if I'm if you saw if a chick sneeze directly surfing, on your foot, would it depend on what the person looked like? Would that change the the, the game? If the person had a missing tooth up front, mm, yeah, it would change it what they look like. Sure. What if they were beautiful yeah. but just had a missing tooth? Yeah, if Jennifer Lawrence sneezes near my steak, that's all right. Don't worry but about now she has a missing tooth, or two, or blacked uh, out teeth on the top. Does she have? Does she have any Mountain Dew apparel on that I can see? No, she's dressed up like the like it's a nice restaurant, so she's wearing the no Mountain Dew tattoo. The approved uh, in the approved oh, uniform. Yeah. All right, yeah. No, I'm like, look, I'm telling you, I'm not a germ guy, so I probably wouldn't care that much normally. I mean, you'd have I'd have to like see a lot of stuff come out and land, on, but I also don't hardly ever go somewhere where I'm paying market price for surf and turf. So if I do it, it's a big deal. I'm out. I'm going to have a good dinner, and I'm not going to have it ruined. By what if your wife went to the bathroom, and while your wife went to the bathroom, you saw the waitress sneeze on your wife's food, and you're like, dude, we've already been here an hour. I got my food. Didn't she get sneezed sneeze on, on No. 
Oh, hey, no harm, no foul. You know what I mean? You don't know. <laughs> would you honestly? Would you say something? I don't think it would make anyone sick, but it would. If I saw it, it would. No, you saw out. it. You definitely saw it. But she didn't see you see it. So you see her sneeze on it, and you kept, She doesn't see you see it. And your wife's really? gone. She's in another. She's in the bathroom. Yeah. And you've waited an hour already. You, you just go. Think she'd be able to taste it. No, I don't. I don't either. Absolutely not. That's why I'm mum. Wow. <laughs> That's why I'm mum about it. Oh my lord! Do you watch her the whole time. Or you nah. just get... <laughs> Dude, I have ADD. I'm like, it's cool. Just, I, I, I'd be like, oh, that girl sneezed on you, your... I'd see, be like, that girl sneezed on your... That guy's playing a stand-up bass. I guess and the, I would forget. I would the, absolutely forget. The acceptable answer would be for you to say, hey, this happened. I'm, I will I will take your... In lieu of waiting another hour or leaving, I'll take your plate. If you're fine with the germs. Well, I'm not but, no. but, <laughs> so regardless, our, our food did not get sneezed on, but I, I was a little... I was a little, you know put put upon that i had to wait an hour but the music by Derek was awesome and if i would suggest wait yeah then that's i would least. suggest that you guys uh this is i'm glad we're talking about it right now because uh he's got a couple of dates tuesday uh the 24th which is tomorrow he's at uh, tequila restaurant in crown point indiana and wednesday he's at uh the 25th he's industrial revolution oh uh, excuse me on tuesday it's from 7 to 10 p.m so that is Christmas Eve from 7 to 10 p.m. at Tequila Restaurant in Crown Point. So this will probably come out? Tomorrow. Okay. So it will be in the morning, okay. and hopefully you'll hear it by the night. Uh, Wednesday at Industrial Revolution in Valpo, which is a badass restaurant. If you've never been there, they've probably got the best burgers in, in Northwest What's Indiana. What's it called? Uh, Industrial Revolution. It's on 30, just oh, past, oh, uh, like, you know, do you ever been there before? No. Oh, I got we got to go no, there. It's really great. awesome. Mandate number two. 6 to 9 p.m. Uh, for that one. And then Thursday at El Salto in Munster, which is at uh, Calumet Avenue and Ridge Road. Um, yeah, right it'll in the be corner. 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. Weirdest Thursday, the ever. 26th. So um, maybe we'll try to catch that show. El Salto does have a super weird like font and logo. Every time I drive by, I'm like, what does that say? It, yeah. But it's a good I, place, I, though. Well, hopefully, uh, we, maybe we'll see some people out at that. But well, either way, check them out. Uh, my intention is to have him on the show. He's done a lot of cool things for a while. He was in Las Vegas and he was doing the uh, standards thing where he was singing like Michael Bublé sort of, uh, you know, Frank Sinatra kind of stuff. Kanye and he, he, yeah, he, he did the rockabilly thing for a while. He was in a, he was in a, a punk rock rockabilly band with me way back in the day. And now he, you know, he was playing Kenny Rogers for me the other day at a restaurant. So wow. this guy can do it all. He's absolutely fantastic i i swear i don't compliment he's not a niche vocalist he's I, like a very very good vocalist. this dude is a professional as they come and i'll That's tell awesome. you this i don't brag on a lot of people and i definitely don't give a lot of people credit even when credit is due but i i will give this guy credit and and, and i'll tell you what i probably wouldn't have had an i not just saw him and it was fresh in my mind but there's no denying it once you see this guy he's gonna be somebody really somebody huge get yeah. on the Derek stroll bandwagon now so with that being said you Took my MP3 recorder. Yep. Went out on the town. Yep. And interviewed a band yourself. Yeah. Without sat, me. Yeah. I, I sat down with. Uh, well, I, I I thought it might be awkward because you guys come from the same punk background. And I didn't know if there would be bottles <laughs> getting thrown or people punching each other in the face. No, I sat down with uh, two of the members from Lights Over Bridgeport, and uh, mentioned a lot of their plugs and that in the interview. You can just Google Lights Over Bridgeport. You can find them on iTunes. I don't know how the Bandcamp, actually the address goes, but it's like lights over Bridgeport at Bandcamp.com, whatever. Um, they have a new EP called Prayers and Eulogies, and I sat down and I asked them just a little bit about themselves, 
about they have a they're doing I believe it's a five a five date tour. They're going up to uh, like Milwaukee, I think Michigan, and they're coming back to Indiana and Chicagoland and doing a couple. But uh, yeah, it was fun. They're, Did they're, they give out their dates on the, uh, mm-hmm. when you interview? On the, yeah, it'll be on the interview. Uh, it's pretty cool. They're they're from the region. Uh, they're from like the Munster Dyer area. At least at least you know Some of the half of the band is. But uh, and then I went and saw them. When did I go see them? Saturday night. Man, you're full service. Yeah, yeah. Up to a lot. Well, you know what? I was doing the interview and I was familiar with their stuff, but not. How did you even know these guys? Uh, they just you know they they just play in the area. Oh, you saw them somewhere? No, like they're they're on Twitter and Instagram and all that. And a friend of a friend, you know, uh, was following them, and I just saw their stuff, and I said, "Oh, I, I think I've heard of them." So, yeah. So I started listening to it before the interview to get familiar with it, and I wasn't just. You know, it wasn't just uh, blowing smoke up their ass. They're really good. I really like their music a lot. It's kind of, it's kind of my my speed. It's kind of my style. I'm into it. I have, so that, I don't know if that means you'd hate it or not. I don't. I don't think so. I don't think so. You interviewed the. I interviewed the singer John Hamlin and the bass player Kurt Miller, and then uh, yeah, so I listened to it. I got to know their stuff a little better. Then I went and saw them live, and uh, man, they really delivered. It was really really good show. Tons of energy. The sound was awesome. Um, the guitar work is is good on the record, but when I saw him play it live, you know, you notice people doing right. a lot more that you don't pick up on. And uh, John Hamlin, the singer, actually, uh, he plays quite a bit of lead, you know, while he sings and stuff. So it's it's pretty pretty cool, man. It was a lot of fun. Sweet. Well, let's take a listen. Okay, this is a Hey My Man podcast. Uh, first for a band interview, I'm here with Lights Over Bridgeport, uh, John Hamlin and Kurt Miller. What's up, guys? What's yeah. happening? I found these guys via... Twitter and Instagram and Bandcamp and uh, fellow people that knew them and they were a band out of the region that kind of was was still kicking it when a lot of us started sprouting out babies and <laughs> and and starting to do the microbrew more and and the the music a little bit less. But um, you guys have a couple shows coming up pretty soon, so I wanted to get a uh, a quick sit down with you so we could get the word out. Awesome, yeah. But so uh, we'll cover that. At the end, so basically, you guys have been together for how long? <laughs> the technical answer is like eleven years. Okay. Um, but uh, you know, as we are today, probably started in like two thousand and six. Um, I started the band with my friends in college back in two thousand and one, which I it's hard to believe. So it was actually twelve years. Uh, I say that, um, but around the time that I graduated college, which was two thousand and four, uh, everybody left. And they got on the child and or baby program. Um, So I was kind of left by myself. And uh, that's when I hooked up with Kevin, our our drummer, and uh, Miko, our guitar player. And then uh, we we still, we went through like a long list of of bass players. Even after that, we were able to hook up back with Kurt in 2009, 2008. (laughs) Uh, You guys have been playing as is for at least a few years, right? (laughs) Yeah, as we are now, we've, you know, yeah. been that way since about 09, 10. Yeah. And, you know, we've developed our sound more since then. So, like, you know, the technical, historic history of us is, is really long. But well, that's it's, funny. it's almost in, in name only. Like, our music, is as it is today, is, is about five, six Well, you years. have a brand new record out, yeah. uh, Prayers and Eulogies, which uh, I, I was kind of getting ready for this interview. So I had heard it a few times because I got it on uh, Bandcamp, and you can find it. You find it on iTunes also? Yes. Yep. Yep. iTunes, <laughs> Amazon, Spotify. Google Lights Over Bridgeport. You'll find plenty of outlets It'll for it. It'll be there. Um, probably but, uh, probably yeah. not MySpace, though. 
Not MySpace? I yeah, I don't know if anyone's out there still well, surfing around MySpace. All right, scratch MySpace yeah. from your list. But, yeah, I was kind of doing, I think, I guess the equivalent of, like, cramming for a test because I was like, I really, I'm, I heard the music and I liked it, but I want to get to know it. Um, one of the things I was really impressed with was uh, I'm kind of a, I'm kind of a music nerd as to, as to how things are composed. Because I know when I was in bands, I was very dumb about that. I would have, like, okay, I got a verse. I got a, I got a hook. Sweet. Repeat. That's the song. Repeat. Repeat, yeah. <laughs> but when I would listen to you guys' stuff, it would kind of start with an intro. Um, you know, every four or eight, the drums would change or the guitar, something would, would do it. Who's who's kind of responsible for that? What do you think? Uh, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's a lot of the times I would say John sits around like any good guitar player and noodles on the guitar and out comes some either magical riff or just a chord progression, which means nothing to most people. I thought you were going to say watch Real Housewives or something. Yeah, he'll just be sitting around watching Atlanta Housewives and just <laughs> all of a sudden bust out this funky riff. So inspiring. <laughs> and, you know, we just kind of jam it and play it and then go, you know what would be good next? And then we would try something, and then the next person would say, like, oh, I think we should try this. And, you know, we just kind of do the Mad Libs of songs sometimes and insert chord here and... Uh, I think for the most part, especially this last album, everything just sort of worked. I would say there wasn't really a lot of exploration. The song just kind of happened. And no. then we just flavored it with the yeah, cilantro of music. Does that take like recording it and then hearing it basic and going, we really need to change it up here? Or this sounds good, but it's getting a little monotonous. What if we mm-hmm. do a little stop? Tempo yeah, or something I mean, like people that? might be surprised when you hear the four <laughs> punk songs on the album and they're fast and quick, but... Especially for a, well, it's kind of a tale of two stories, like the first two tracks we worked on for upwards of a year, and then the second two <laughs> tracks we kind of just pulled out of our ass, like in the last two or three months before we got to the studio. What he was talking about, as far as the collaborative aspect, is it's become much more like that. Songwriting's my passion, I, I really care about it. Um, I wish I, I did it more often, I, I, I get caught up with things, but um, it used to be that I, I would bring these big ideas and we would like you know, kind of like chip away at the at like the external parts and there was a song. But now, kind of like Hurt said, it's more like uh, I'll bring a hook or I'll bring like a verse and we just build it together from there. And, and man, I really feel like we've, we've written our best music because of that. You know, we're just doing it together. So I thought it sounded really good. Like I said, it be, began <laughs> as like a cram. And then uh, I was at work today driving around. I, I probably listened to it four or five times straight through. Wow, and, and each time I would go, Thanks, like, man. I think this is the song I like the most. And then I would listen to it again and I'd go, I did like that song, but I think the hook might be better on this one. So, yeah, <laughs> Thanks, it's man. strong. Now, now people that haven't heard it that will go and Google, you guys <laughs> find all that. Um, what, what would you compare it to? I know people hate doing know, that. Right? But, you know, when I was in a band, I used to say, um, if Fall Out Boy and Local H had a baby... And that baby was raised by the White Stripes and then hung out with Nirvana. That might be our kid. You know what I'm saying? So, uh, you know, if a couple bands uh, got together and yeah, and know. did the hibbity-dibbity and you were their baby, what do you think? You know, it's really difficult to say. I mean, I'm kind of such a music nerd, specifically with punk rock. Like, it depends on who I'm talking to. What do you think you about um, bands from Dire, like Catch-22? <laughs> <laughs> well, they were definitely one of my early punk influences. Um yeah, but all the region bands... Would you those... say Dave was the worst member of that band? <laughs> no, I wouldn't say... At the time, when I was like 14 or 15, I wouldn't have said that because any of them would have beat me up. 
And then, you just didn't know any better. Yeah. reason I'm bringing that up real quick is because <laughs> right before we got started with the interview, uh, I, I was telling him a little bit about the podcast, and he said, wait a minute, Dave, oh, he was in punk bands. Oh, yeah. I, looked, I looked up to that guy. I quickly coached him to not say as nice things about Dave because... Uh, well, if Dave doesn't know, you know, we just, I, you know, from almost 20 years later, I want to thank Catch-22 and uh, the Ramblers for letting us play with them because... That was like a really big deal for me when I was 15 and like trying to dye my hair blue and getting dropped off in like my friend's minivan <laughs> sure, to play sure. a show. Yeah. Uh, we had some great times. And, Drop uh, me off a block away. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I would say Catch 22 <laughs> was the best Lake Central high school punk band, but Attica would definitely be second. So that was my band in high school. So. Sure. Uh, that's a that's maybe another story for those that are listening uh, on the other side of Chicago or somewhere else. We're talking about uh, we're talking about about uh, the, the about, me, about thirty streets. miles south of yeah. uh, about thirty f- miles south of Comiscular. Yeah, the the, the dirty tri town. Yeah, as, as far as who we sound like, um, I think some of the biggest bands would be, uh, you know, like Jimmy Eat World is a big influence on us. Huge, um, I love Jimmy Eat World. Yeah, huge influence. I mean, if it wasn't for Jimmy Eat World, I would have never tried writing rock songs. I would have just kept writing either punk or metal songs. Dave uh, thinks they're too happy. <laughs> they are really happy. They're a little, maybe a little too white bread for some people. But we're, we're maybe like a faster version of them. Uh, some other punk bands that sound really similar to us are uh, Polar Bear Club, um, The Swellers, who we actually recorded our album with the singer of The Swellers. Um <laughs> Uh, and I I always tell people that aren't really familiar with like punk rock or or uh, you know like underground music that if they know Blink One Eighty Two and maybe slowed it down and um, you know mm-hmm. you might you may, maybe would have us I don't know what do you think you I, I don't know it's hard for me to describe what it sounds like without you just listening to it <clears throat> but I know who we all like and who we respect and who we'd imagine we want to be and I'm sure that comes through when we write music you know in, in the Jimmy Eat worlds and social distortions obviously is. The the best the best compliment I ever got was uh, from a, a guy who became my friend. His name's Bob, and he played in a band that was a huge inspiration to me. They were called So Far, and they were a, a Southside rock band that no longer together. Uh, but uh, he came up to me after the first time he saw us and said that we sounded like a mix between Descendants and Face to Face, who are like really? two of my all time favorite wow. bands. I mean. You know, I have face face tattoos. That's like on someone me. going, like, you don't look just like David Beckham. <laughs> There's a little bit of Brad Pitt. Yeah. In there, uh, yeah. But with a bigger dick. But that's right. the yeah. only yeah, difference. That's it. That's it. I've never, it was, I've never <laughs> forgotten when he told me that. Like, that was one of the coolest things ever. So. That is, yeah. Hell yeah. That's nice to hear for sure. Yeah. With some other local bands that, that you guys are going to be playing with a couple, right? Yeah. Oh, Lost Years, we're going on tour with. They're from Gary, which is awesome. Um, when I was growing up, there were like no punk bands in Gary. I didn't really know of any bands in Gary to do. Just the Jackson Five. Yeah, I'm willing to bet there's one from Gary now. There, yeah. yeah. Well, I think I think last year's is kind of carrying the Jackson Five torch. Yeah. <laughs> but they they've transitioned yeah. to a pop punk sound. They're all uh, living in a two bedroom flat just to right. just to get the authentic feeling. <laughs> yeah. The secret to their success is they actually have a Joe Jackson counterpart. Yeah. They have an angry black man <laughs> yeah. forced, forced them to practice. Right. Uh, they're That's awesome. what it takes. Yeah, those guys are awesome. Uh, Lost years, you said? Yeah, they they they're like so, so super hardworking and uh, they don't. I mean, they're employed, but they don't quite have like the thirty uh, year old like forty hour a week day job lifestyles that most of us do. So they're they've been touring and I mean, you know, they have a huge following. So we're super happy to. To get a chance to go on tour with them and, and like to play with them. Um, Will they be playing in Griffith this weekend with you guys? Yeah, they yeah. they actually got us on that show. They invited us on this tour. 
Uh, I'm actually awesome. looking forward to that one because it's very local to the region. Yeah. Play, you guys are playing at uh, Lucille's in Griffith, mm-hmm. which is, uh, I believe, right on... Broad. Right on Broad. And uh, I think the show starts at like 9. 9 o'clock sharp? 8 o'clock. No. 8 o'clock? Is it 8 o'clock? Show up at 8 either way. Have yeah, a beer. You should be there. Bring either. an ugly Christmas sweater. And uh, well, it's going it. to be awesome. Yeah, you should wear the, wear the sweater. And I just want to say, you know, as far as that ugly sweater thing... Sw- sweater. Yeah. The new, the new Twitter? Uh, yeah. As far as that sweater thing goes, there's been this, like, social media backlash now on, you know, how uncool ugly sweaters are. Oh, Isn't un- that the point? But, uncool, well, yeah, it is kind of the point. But last year's was doing this, like, a year or two ago, and, and I know that a lot of other people were too, but, um, you know, this is, like, their second or third annual ugly sweater show, and it's going to be awesome. So okay. everyone listening should definitely come. We're going to have a good time. Yeah, come on. It should be good. Um, full disclosure... Just because you, I haven't, uh, John, I haven't seen you in years, and Kurt, I just met you guys. What I like to do sometimes on the podcast is I like to make Dave uncomfortable by saying things that are super unmasculine. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, I, uh, I uh, you guys are obviously music uh, inclined, and you, I'm sure you have huge collections. Uh, but I have an Alanis Morissette CD. I own it. <laughs> I own it, and I don't listen to it much. But every once in a while, I walk by it and I go. I'm gonna listen to that CD later. I'm gonna put that CD what in. What CD? Uh, this is the second one. It's uh, not jagged, not little, jagged little pill. No, no, the second one. But the point is, uh, everybody has a couple of those bands or CDs that they don't want people to know about. So I like to broadcast it to hopefully let hundreds of people hear. What's a CD that you have that you know your friends would probably punch you? But but when it's, I don't mean like a song that comes on the radio. I mean like you really like it to the point where you like probably own it. Oh well. I used to have a, a secret <laughs> little habit of enjoying Kelly Clarkson because she had such wonderful songs. Okay, she's uh, a next, great I, I don't really sure. care about her anymore. She's she, she's definitely lost her edge, but with me at least personally, I just bring up Lannis Morissette because when it comes on, I go, I can think of ninety nine reasons why this chick annoys me and why I shouldn't like it, but there's like that one reason where I'm like. But I do. I kind of do. I don't know. It's weird. It's not so much her. It's, you know, just good songs, probably. I mean, you don't... People people like crappy music. Like, it's just an evolution of music. Like, I know plenty of people, and you better believe I'll be singing along when Hall & Oates comes on the jukebox. (laughs) I mean, it's obviously total sketch city if you're singing along with Hall & Oates at a bar, but... Somehow it just works. But I'm thinking every time I interview a band, I'm going to ask them, what band do you like that you're embarrassed of? I don't know if I have an embarrassment level to music. I can I can tell you the band that I've always liked that I've always been made fun of for because I was sitting here thinking about that question. And I'm like I don't <laughs> I don't have one. I'm like and I'm I'm not you're, you're not, not embarrassed by any of them. Well, yeah, it's like I'm not just trying to be cool. Like, I just but, pulled out one. I have like twenty. But 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 <laughs> but it's definitely Bon Jovi. I bought my sister really. Yeah, I bought my sister for her birthday. I bought her two tickets to see Bon Jovi. So which meant that my brother in law, who I love dearly, was subjected to this. Uh, but for my sister and I, Bon Jovi, uh, you know, I, I like their music. I've liked it since so I was a kid. you can't hate on Bon Jovi. I like it now. And, and Chris, who was the drummer of Attica, has made fun of me <laughs> for that for about 20 years. Uh, and, I like and, it. And That's if he solid. ever hears this, he's probably going to start dropping F-bombs. And, That's solid. Uh, but, but uh, yeah, I'll put it out there. I'm Slippery one what? One of the first cassettes I ever bought? <laughs> All right. That's Remember solid. Remember cassettes? Okay. Sorry. Yeah, no, no. Attica probably put out a cassette. Yeah, we had three. Oh, yeah. Well, two. Two of them. When you guys write, are, are you pretty much the lyricist? Do you come up with the lyrics? Yeah, I do the lyrics. Now, uh, do you ever find it difficult to... I know some people, when they write lyrics, 
to rhyme. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, we've all read Snitches on the Beaches. It can happen. When it happens, it feels great. When I get my flow going. I mean, like, uh, there's... I've always found there's a sweet spot between writing personal stuff and crying and bitching. You know what I mean? Like, Aaron Lewis from Stain cries... Uh, Jonathan Davis from Corn. Uh <laughs> They cry about what their parents did to them all the time. Are you saying? And for lyrics, yeah, yeah. And for a when he's not doing ball tongue and making noise, he's talking about how he got diddled. But, but I mean, there's like a thing where it's good to be personal and talk about stuff that happened. You obviously mm-hmm. that's where that's where passion comes from. That's where the heart and comes from. But uh, and then you have stuff like Weezer doing like hash pipe, which means nothing or, or whatever. So, I mean, I guess my question is. Is, do you ever like do that balance between like this is important to me I want to sing about it uh, maybe I've touched on this too much or maybe this isn't almost not even enjoyable I don't like thinking of it I don't like bringing it up you know what I mean well I to start answering that question I mean Kurt do you remember when I wrote the chorus to Horchata where where and when that was that's the fourth song on the new record the yeah. final song on our new record uh, really good hook no thank you dude I can't well maybe because no. you were in the other room but I actually wrote. Oh, some of the words recording yeah oh. like literally before i was yeah, gonna yeah, yeah. step in the room uh I've, I've never been a big lyrics guy like i i like writing music was it because of procrastination or because you didn't know it was right or it's it's a little bit of procrastination but it's mostly procrastination because i just don't feel like i don't i'm not like <laughs> overconfident about my lyrics and the only thing I've been, I've been really able to write well about with with regard to lyrics has been like personal stuff so so to, to this to answer the second part of your question i mean when I write lyrics, I try to be as personal as I can, but I like I have this battle to try to to make it as non-trite as possible. You That's know? exactly what I'm talking about. And yeah. and and you know, it's weird because sometimes you know I never feel like I don't have to talk about this, you know, or, or I talk about this too much. But there have been times where I've gone back to songs that I wrote like three or four years ago, and I'm listening to the words, and I'm like, I don't need to write that song anymore because I got like I learned that lesson or. Or I got over that personal issue. It's like I need to challenge myself to write something else. And on this record, that that really came about with Automatic <laughs> because I really pushed myself to write something positive, and I was like feeling something personal about someone that's close to me. But and it was kind of pulling on me. But I wanted to turn it into something positive. Like before, a lot of times I would have taken like the negative aspects of that experience. So that's like, something you guys mentioned yeah. on your website too. Yeah. It's like you say that you're a pop punk band that's um, trying to aspire to, to make a better life and to be positive. Yeah, um, is that a new is that a new thing or? It kind of maybe it kind of is for us. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's nice to. Uh, it's not like we're. <laughs> it's not like we were negative people <clears throat> by any means before. It's just you know when you put a direction on on a goal you know you, you have a path you can get on you could get on the horse you can see the the you know the light at mm-hmm. the end we know how to get there we just sometimes we you know might have been on a different road but now we know where we need to be we we're on that path we could see the light we know how to get there we know how to play music we know how to write music you know we know how to perform the music uh <clears throat> but now we're really kind of putting everything together and and it's just become like this nice tasty little dinner you know <laughs> yeah i mean we you know we being positive i mean i think it's helped our productivity and you know it's helped us set new goals and you know i, I don't know it's just it's nice to be a part of something like that i mean we're not trying to be like naive or stupid or like i said or trite or anything but i mean you know it feels good to share something that's not gloom yeah. and doom with somebody mm-hmm. i mean there's plenty of that stuff out there there's 
a lot of the music I listen to is full of that stuff. But um, you know, it's good to it's good to have something to counterbalance. Well, automatic, the yeah. second song on the record definitely touches on that like yeah. a lot. That's kind of what it, it's almost like you're giving someone else credit for it. Absolutely. You know, in the song, that's that's the way it, that's the way it comes across anyway. Yeah. But um, let me know a couple of the dates that are coming up. Well, well, we're doing the show this Saturday. We talked about that at Lucille's. <laughs> that's um, in Griffith, Indiana. Griffith, Indiana, December twenty seventh, eight p.m. No, I'm sorry, December twenty first. I'm looking ahead. To, that is Saturday night. That's a Saturday night, and then we may have to just do a ton of tweeting because this may go up like Monday. But oh, that's all right. That's all right. Well, well the show can, kicked ass. Yeah, the show can was be awesome. Sorry Fire, they missed it. There was pyro, midgets, whatever, everything. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say I'm getting divorced. I feel bad about it, but it was a good show. <laughs> I After mean, look, rock and roll just it gets, it, it gets it away. Yes. Twenty four hours later, <laughs> I let it drive. We can reflect I let it on drive. That. Uh, we wrote a song about it. <laughs> our, well, our tour actually starts two weeks from tonight, so so uh, January second, Thursday. We're going to be touring in, with who? With Lost Years and uh, that's it. As far and as some I, other people, I, every, every date. Well, our friends at Avenues. That first night, Thursday, January second, we're going to be at Frank's Power Plant, in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. Okay, with our friends at Avenues. Awesome punk band from from Milwaukee. Uh, they are also on our record label, State Posse Records. And then the next day, uh, January third, we're uh, we're going to be at the intersection in Grand Rapids, which, as Kurt was mentioning earlier, is right by Founders Brewery. So Beautiful. a block away. So yeah, either trouble or oh. just a delightful night. I don't know yet. That's it. We'll man. see if I'm divorced. Maybe both. <laughs> Maybe both. Bring your dog. <laughs> So from there, uh, January 4th, which is a Saturday, we're going to be at Junior's in Chicago, which is on 22nd. Nice. And yeah, it's right on uh, Cermak there. Yeah, it's on Cermak. A little past Western. People can find it on your website. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool little bar. And then finally on January 5th, Sunday, we're going to be at the CAC. Uh, it's like an art center in Cedar Lake, Indiana. That's an all-ages show. We're really looking forward to it. Because Cedar Tucky. Cedar Tucky. It's right by the lake almost in uh, all ages. That should be fun. We haven't done that in in a while. Too long. We, we love playing for for a younger crowd, it. and like we get stuck at bar, these bar shows, which is cool. We still feel we are a younger crowd. So yeah. to play for people, and that's awesome to watch people who actually want to enjoy that and are there because they, well, they want to do it and they look to you and they're like yes. I remember being that kid. and it's like when he was talking about watching Catch 22 yeah. like you get pumped up and you go this is what's up I, like, I want to do that I can and do so that you want to make what they want to do even more badass yeah you know? it's like these guys get suspended from school because they're so punk <laughs> before we close out uh, <laughs> before we close out real quick uh, tell everybody about the Christmas song Oh yeah, yeah. I, that 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 was really fun. Um, we recorded "Rocking Around the Christmas Tree" with with our friend Mark Mahalik, who lives in Chicago, and we did the recording in like three hours at his house. Um, not even like two weeks ago, and it's already up. You can download it for free yeah. um, at our Bandcamp, lightsoverbridgeport.bandcamp.com. But you have the option to pay, and if you pay, uh, consider it a donation because our label, our record label, is going to match. Uh, any amount that you donate for the song, uh, for the Toys for Tots of Chicago charity, so it's really cool. So it's a good punk rock version of a Christmas song. It's for a good cause. Everybody wins. Everybody. And uh, thanks a lot for inviting me to your home, man. And it's Absolutely. been a good time. Yeah, dude. Thank thanks you. Thanks for tipping a pint. And look, if nothing else, if you guys forgot everything we said, because you were drinking as well, Google Lights Over Bridgeport. You will find a way to get there a record. <laughs> um, I promise you, you'll spend more on your shitty McDonald's breakfast than you will this record.
great interview. That's what I thought, too. <laughs> that is the magic of podcasting. I'm glad uh, that you're more familiar with them now. Absolutely. Sound delightful. Yeah, no, they're they're good dudes, man. They're, and when I went to see the show, they were they were just super glad that... Did they know, let you backstage? Came. You're going to, like, oh, a, yeah. a press totally pass? backstage. Hell yeah. That's awesome. Backstage is, like, the other side of the bar. You know? <laughs> with that being said, uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Happy holidays, everybody. Later.